Welcome to Northridge Church Podcast. Thank you for tuning in today. For more information, visit us online at northridgethomaston.com. Now prepare your heart as we dive into God's Word. Everybody say Jesus. You see, there's just something about that name. Today, as we talk about the gospel, y'all just hang with me for a moment. You realize that the gospel, the good news, is the news of Jesus Christ, one who left heaven's throne, entered into humanity, stepped into space, time, and matter. He transcended it, yet he became a man, lived a perfect, sinless life. Hebrews says, we don't, <laughs> we don't have a high priest that cannot understand what we're going through because he in all ways was tempted, yet he did not sin. See, Jesus understands you today. God, God sent me here today to tell somebody. He does understand. He understands exactly what you're going through. And see, as we read the gospel, John 3:16, for God so loved the world, he so loved us that he gave his only son, that whoever would believe upon him would not perish but have everlasting life. And we stop there. We say, that's the gospel. Yet I submit to you that it's interwoven throughout the entirety of God's word. In Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26, God said, let us make man in our image. That was Jesus. When he created the first Adam, a type of Jesus, who by one man, sin and death entered in. But by the second Adam, Jesus Christ, life was entered in for all. Whosoever will, let him come. That was Jesus. In the garden, when they fell, God took a coat of skin of an animal. And he brought it and he covered the sin. Because the moment that they sinned, they saw their shame. They saw their nakedness and they began to run. And that coat and that skin that covered man, a picture of the atoning sacrifice, that was Jesus. In Genesis, we see God told Abraham to take his son, his only son, to go up into that hill, Mount Moriah. That was Jesus, a type of Christ. We see that as he's walking up the mountain, his son Isaac, the promised son, his only son, stood and said, Father, we have the wood. We have the fire, but where's the sacrifice? Abraham told Isaac, he said, Son, God will provide himself a lamb. For the sacrifice. That was Jesus. We see all the way through the book of Exodus. In chapter 3. He became the burning bush. And called a man named Moses. Who was the deliverer of people out of Egyptian bondage. That was Jesus. Who would come and deliver mankind out of the bondage of sin and death. As he stood on that mountain that day. He stood before an all consuming fire. A bush. Yet it did not burn. That was Jesus. We see him as he goes into the, the wilderness and he takes his staff that's ordained and anointed by God and the people are murmuring and he took his staff and he struck that rock. That was Jesus, the rock of our salvation, the ancient of days, the living water that sprung forth. We see him in the book of Jonah. As Jonah cast himself over the side of the boat, committing his own life for those who were there. That was Jesus. As he came as a lamb unto the slaughter, committing his life, even for those who were sinners, Christ died for us in Romans 5 and 8. That was Jesus. We see a man in Genesis chapter 37 named Joseph, a man who was favored by his father. 
God favored his son as he told him in the Gospels, this is my beloved son and who I am well pleased. That was Jesus. As we see him mocked and ridiculed by the brothers, thrown into a pit, his very coat taken from him. That was Jesus as he hung on the cross, mocked by mankind and by the centurion soldiers. His very robe torn from his body, thrown to the, the ground, and lots cast for it. As Joseph was cast into the prison, he was put in prison with two men, one that was condemned and died and one that lived. Jesus hung on a cross between two thieves, one that was condemned by saying, save yourself and us also. The one on the right said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. That was Jesus. In Genesis in chapter 50, the brothers of Joseph came and they knelt before him in adoration to the place that he had been elevated. That was Jesus. Because one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus and he alone is Lord of all. We see Jesus continued throughout the Old Testament. We see him as the rock of our salvation, the ancient of days. We see him as Yahweh. We see him as the all-consuming fire. We see him as the, the, the rod of truth. We see in Numbers chapter 21. As Moses put a fiery serpent upon the end of the staff and that he held it up and he told all the people if they would look upon it, they would be healed. Jesus says, I became the curse for mankind and hung on a tree and that if I would be high and lifted up, I would draw all men to myself that, I may be, that you may be saved and healed. That was Jesus. I believe today as we look into God's holy word, we see Jesus everywhere, through every text, through every verse. We come in here week in, and we come in here week out. We come in on Wednesday. We come to Awana. We come to VBS. We come to shows, and we sing about this Jesus. In Acts chapter 3, we realize that he is the one that Peter, after Pentecost, stood out and preached. What did he preach? He preached Jesus. When Peter and John were thrown into the prison in Acts chapter 5, and they were told, they said, never speak about this man again. And he said, how can we not speak about this man, Jesus, the one whom we've seen die and get up again? In 1 Corinthians, the Bible says 500 people saw him walk in the streets of Jerusalem after he was dead and buried and yet resurrected. That was Jesus. And probably most notably for me in Acts chapter 9, a man named Saul of Tarsus, a murderer of Christians, he was there the day that Stephen, the first martyr, was stoned to death. And on this day, he was walking to Damascus. And as he rode down through that road, going to bring back yet more Christians, he had an encounter. An encounter that forever changed the trajectory of his life and the trajectory of mine and yours. Because on that day, a man named Saul of Tarsus was knocked from his horse because of the glory as Jesus spoke to him and called him by name. He was struck him with blindness. He fell from his horse. He was taken on into the city. And there a man named Ananias had a vision. And God told him of a man named Saul. And he said, I want you to go to this man's house. And I want you to touch him. And Ananias says, I've heard of this man. He's a murderer of Christians. And he said, no, you go. Something is different about this man today. And Ananias went to his house and he touched him. And the Bible says... That scales fell to the ground. His eyes were opened. And in that moment, listen to me. The Bible says immediately he went into the synagogues. And say it with me. He preached Jesus. 
You see, we see Jesus in so many fashions throughout the scripture. Some of us have heard about him our entire life. We pray in the name of Jesus. Whether we're laying ourselves down to sleep or whether we're God is great, God is good. But I want you to know today that there's more to the gospel. See, the good news would not really be that good if only it separated us from heaven and hell. Oh, that's a glorious thing to brag about. That's the most wonderful thing in the world in this life to know that we were dead in our trespasses and yet he became our sin that we may be made his righteousness in the sight of a holy God. See, it's good news to know enough that when I get to heaven, see, there, there's some scars in this room. Some of you wear the, the scars and the shame of your past sins. Some of you have literally been through hell on earth, and you wear the scars upon your heart. You wear the scars that you have fallen and gotten back up. But you know, when you get to heaven and you see Jesus face to face, as you fall to his face as John did in, John, in Revelation chapter 2, he says, when I saw him, I fell as dead to his feet. And then there's going to be a hand that's going to reach down. That perfect, sinless son of God who's going to reach down. And when he does, you're going to see the scars in his hands and the scars in his feet and the one on his side and on his head because he will wear those scars that he took your place, he took your shame, and he took your sin and became it. He'll wear that for all of eternity. Why? So that when he lifts your head and you go before the throne of a holy God, you may be presented without spot and without blemish and without shame of anything that's happened but is it enough to live out this life knowing that we only anticipate one to come he says no it's on earth as it is in heaven you see what I believe happens every single week is people walk through these doors and they want to worship and maybe they even do maybe your foot's patting and your hands are clapping and maybe every once in a while you even lift your hand up to say God you are holy you are worthy thank you for remembering me thank you for loving me but do you truly leave ever changed because see not only is he the savior not only is he my redeemer not only is he my healer not only is he my great physician not only is he the very present help in a time of trouble not only is he alpha and omega first and last not only is he Emmanuel God with us but he is also my deliverer see he takes things that are broken and he sets them upright he thinks, takes things that are hopeless and he breathes in the hope of glory he takes things that are dead and he brings them back to life see there's people in this room today you might be saved oh but you're not living a life of deliverance each week we walk in and out with the same thing crowding over our life when we wonder why we can't live a life of joy unspeakable I love the text in the book of Acts where the disciples were beaten and they were flogged and they walked away with smiles upon their face. And the Bible even says, joy unspeakable, having considered it an honor to be beaten for his glory. See, that's deliverance. Today, you didn't just walk into Northridge Church. You didn't just join in online or listening by way of the radio. Oh, no. No, no, God design this song speak the name of Jesus for this moment God designed this service for this moment as Mordecai told Esther he said he's brought you into the palace for such a time as this let me tell you tonight but today my friend God has brought you into the house for such a time as this I believe with all of my heart 
God wants to deliver some people today. Stephanie, if you will, come stand up front. You can bring Ember with you. If you are struggling today with something in your marriage, something with your children, God wants to deliver you today. He wants to remind you today that as you stood before him, you didn't enter into an earthly contract. You entered into a three-way covenant where you said, I will take her, I will take him for better and for worse, for richer and for poorer, for sickness and in health. I will and I do. And you said that before a holy God. Today, God wants to deliver you. If your marriage is on the end, God says, I want to give you a new beginning. That's today. And Stephanie's here to pray with you. David, you and Catherine come and stand up against the wall. Maybe today your frustration and the thing that's over your head is, is financial difficulty. Maybe it's depression and anxiety. Today, God wants to set that thing straight. He wants to set it upright. He says, I'm not giving you the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. He wants you worried. Cody, I want you to come stand in the front. Maybe today it's your, your young person. Maybe it's your, your child. Maybe you are a student in this room, and, and you're, you're up against things that we can't even fathom. I know every generation tells their parents, you can't even imagine what we're up against. But I want to tell you something, mamas and daddies. They are truly up against things we have never seen before. And our youth pastor's been down his own rough, rough, rough road. He's seen depression. He's seen difficulty. And, hey, he's still fighting the good fight of faith as he goes. And today he stands here waiting for you, mom and dad, who wants deliverance to see your child, to stop having those night terrors, to stop worrying about being popular and living a life of holiness, to stop worrying about sowing wild oats and sowing seed that will present a harvest that can be righteous in the sight of God. Amber, if you will, come stand over here. Maybe today you're facing a situation where you feel like there's no way you can get through it. I'm reminded to a day several years back when I got a call. Hey, Mark, will you meet the people up at Pike County High School? There's a man named Timmy, and there's a woman uh, named Amber Shoemaker, and they're praying for the little boy named Leland, and they're believing God. What happened to him, I said, they said he was simply playing in the dirt, and he got a brain amoeba. And, and if we don't see a miracle, he's not going to make it. And we prayed, and we met, and hundreds gathered in a circle, and we cried out to God on behalf of Leland Shoemaker. And you know what? I, it was a very turning point of my ministry because he didn't make it. God, why? And God said, oh, no. As much as anybody loved Leland, I love him even more. I'm bringing him to heaven. I'm going to heal him, and I'm going to bring him into my fullness. And he will forever have a legacy that will live on in the Leland Shoemaker Foundation. So for every woman that has lost a child, whether in the womb or in real life, in this life, and you've seen them and you've held them, I want you to know today, this family understands the difficulty that you're struggling with today. Linda, I want you to come stand down here. Maybe today, you as a child, you as a, an adult now, you've had to live a life where your mother and father got divorced. And you, you may be 30, you may be 40, you may be 70 years old, but you still wear the hurt on that moment where mom and dad couldn't keep it together. I remember even when Linda's mother and father were in their 80s. There was still a struggle, still a division between the two families. Today, God wants you to know that he sees you. God is, is, is very aware of what divorce has done in your home. I want you to come now and know that we can pray. Doug and Starley, y'all come down front. 
Maybe there's a calling on your life. And you've pushed back from it. And you fought it. You know God said it to you. You know that you didn't conjure this up in your own mind. But you've been running. You're scared to grab onto it. I want you to come and let Doug and Starla pray with you today as they've lived out their faith in real time. Despite what the enemy may try to throw at you, God says, I'm turning it for good. Eric Peacock, come stand over here. Lee, stand on the other side. Maybe you're believing God for a child. And you've not met him, but God knows him by name. And maybe it's adoption. Eric and Amy Peacock went all the way across the world to adopt the most beautiful, precious little girl. If that's your stronghold today, I want you to come. Lee, if you just want to be on fire for Jesus and the greatest detriment to your faith is you're terrified that you don't know enough. You're terrified of what somebody may think. I want you to come. And I want you to let Lee pray for you. Here's what I want to happen right now. You don't get to stand there and raise your hand and say, yeah, I want deliverance. Oh, no, you got to come and you got to do something. God told me today, he said, Mark, there are people in that room that want to be delivered of something. Maybe none of these apply to you. I'm going to stand right in the center. If you just want prayer, you just want deliverance from a stronghold that we can't even put a name to. But you know that it's a stronghold and it's pressing you down. And you're not able to live out your fullness of your faith. I want to pray for you. But here's what I want you to do today. I want you to ask yourself this question. What would happen if not only I called on the name of Jesus for salvation, but what if I called on him for deliverance? What would my life look like in my home, in my workplace, in my family, in my faith? So today... Whatever it may be that you're believing God for in deliverance. Everybody in the room has something to believe for. I want you to come. I'm going to get you all to sing that again. You can't stand there. You can't do nothing. It takes faith. And faith takes one step. You take one. Everybody hold up one finger. He'll take the second and the third and the fourth. He'll do it for you. How many of you know that's true? You've seen that in real time. Students. We need prayer today. Marriages, we need prayer. If you believe in God for something, whatever it may be, they sing. I want you to come. Don't hesitate. You know it's you. You know you want delivering. Come on right now. We're just going to pray for you. That's all we're doing. You don't have to say anything. Y'all come. Y'all stay. Thank you for joining us today at Northridge Church. We hope today's message inspired you in your walk with God. We hope you take your next step by connecting with us online at northridgethomaston.com.